I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the timeless musings of Carrie Bradshaw and address them for 2022. As ever, you are listening to trans rabbi Juno Dawson and haunted lamp Dylan (laughs) B. Jones. Hi, little lamp. I just turn on and off without warning. I've got faulty wires. You do. (laughs) You're faulty wires. We're here. It's been... A, a fucking roller coaster, to say the least. What a ride! What, what a ride! A ride! What a ride! I'm 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 glad it happened. <laughs> I cannot think of any other ride I would want to take with you, Dylan. Um, what a time to be alive! They resurrected Sex in the City in the middle of our Sex in the City podcast. and gave Carrie a podcast and gave Carrie two years either side. Yeah. And this this moment would not have happened. Yeah. You know, we would have had to come out of retirement. We would have had to start a very hasty podcast that didn't already have quite a large and successful audience. Yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> um, God, it just seems like yesterday I didn't start every conversation with, hey, it's JDS. Hey, it's JDS. What's the one everyone's sharing at the moment? It's that picture of Miranda where she was like... I was in the library and fancied me some Che. (laughs) (laughs) The memes, the takes, it's all been going on. Um, Just, just, the the long read I was just reading, which is, Che Diaz is not the villain of I'm Just Like That. It's Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody got paid $500 to write that. Just, (laughs) I need you to know. I need you to know that that happened. We were just saying, Um, weren't we, before we came on it, we were... Uh, what's the word? Hypothesizing about whether it's going to get a season two. Oh, it will. We think it will because the conversations, like the most important thing, is like whether good or bad things are being talked about. It's being talked about like more than mm. almost any other show currently. Um, it has come in for some criticism. We have done some of the <laughs> yeah. criticism. I think we we sort of fall somewhere on the spectrum in that I think we we have been firm but fair. Yes, I think so. And um, we've always we've always looked at the positives before the negatives. And actually, I think some of the negatives are what have made it really memorable. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget, you know, in the first four seasons of our podcast, 
You know, we were not scared to call out Sex in the City when it was wildly biphobic or transphobic or racist. That's true. So, you know, that's part of our, it's part of our MR, isn't it? Um, I just, just freshly read a big, long read in Variety, which was a big, big interview with Michael Patrick King mm. and Sarah Jessica Parker with them looking back. Um, I've not as yet watched the making of um, documentary. I haven't either. Which... And I didn't see it on Sky. So maybe, oh, now. It's, maybe it's not there yet. We'll see. It will... So it aired, it's on HBO Max, so it might trickle over into the UK. Yeah. If not, I'm sure I can find a way to watch it online. <laughs> Can't imagine um, how. LimeWire? Um, legally. LimeWire. <laughs> God, does LimeWire still exist? Um, so. God, that, that, take, that takes me back to downloading like Hadouken tracks oh in God, 2007. Do you, and then do you remember like every oh. fifth download would be i did not have sexual relations with women. do you remember that oh i never got that one no i don't rem- i don't remember that i remember sometimes you would just get a dud like a dud yeah to put this in perspective i think the last thing i downloaded on limewire was season one of true blood uh, <laughs> so that gives us that gives us a timeline not that either um, of us not, i mean obviously we're making this up because yeah, yeah we've never, never illegally seen. downloaded television although my, my rule is if you are not gonna make it available yeah. It's 2022. I mean, true. Yeah. Can you remember, you, you used to have to wait like six months for something to be on television in America, and then it might come to the UK. To like Channel 4. Nice try. Nice try. Like, I think Purrs was the last one where there was about 18 months between season one going out in America, and then it limping onto BBC Two, like, hi, everyone. <laughs> remember us from two years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. Random. Anyhow, and just like that. Um. Yeah, this episode we we have been watching, and just like that episode ten, what was it? Seeing the light. Seeing the, seeing the light. Yeah. Seeing the light. Um, which I'm sure relates to all the characters in a way that the voiceover would have explained. <laughs> yeah. But mostly, it's about Carrie and her haunted lamp, <laughs> which was the working title for the series, I believe. What the haunted lamp? <laughs> Carrie and the Haunted Lamp was Carrie Bradshaw and the haunt Caroline Bradshaw and the Haunted Lamp. I'm picturing lamp. her in like a pair of harem pants, like Aladdin holding her <laughs> little lamp. <laughs> I dream of genie. <laughs> um, so first, before the potted synopsis, okay, we need to make an apology to our listeners because I have had an an influx of messages saying that we didn't clock that Seema's man is. The guy in season six who sells burger. The, the guy from Prada. Yeah, we, I know. I missed it as well. Well, I'm going to say that we didn't miss it. It was a test for listeners to see if they would notice. <laughs> and you've all passed. Congratulations. You were paying attention. Well done. You passed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you clocked him. It's so funny because do you know what? When he rocked up in Emily in Paris, yeah. I was like, oh, I know him from something. Yeah. But I never thought to check where it was I knew him from. And yes, of course. He is the man who pushes designer clothes onto Jack Berger in season five of Sex and the wouldn't City, it be, which we'll get to soon. Wouldn't it be hilarious if he, well, much like um, Samantha's busboy, we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny if he is the same character and like Carrie meets him in season two and she's like, it was you. No. <laughs> so I think Seema is a portal to the multiverse. <laughs> so I'm just going to, which also... Which also leads the way to a different woman playing Samantha. Oh. Because if, if, if you've recently seen the recent film, um, Spider-Man, Far From Home, <laughs> you will know that we, we have now welcomed the multiverse into the Marvel franchise. Yeah. Doctor Strange 2 is the multiverse of madness. So I think Seema 
the fact that her life is filled with these people who have appeared in different guises throughout the Sex and the City universe, you know, the guy from Prada, Samantha's busboy, maybe Seema is a magic portal. So does this... Or... Does, Maybe she's this world's version of Samantha. Is, well, that would that well. I could be fine with. Does this also mean we're going to get Claire Danes turning up in and just like that, like on a secret mission from Homeland? From Homeland. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> looking for Seema. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Just she's she's finally quit the Secret Service. Yeah. She's taken her half-assed scarf off her head, and yeah, she's just ready for a cocktail now. <laughs> Um, it's fine. Um, okay, let's. This has descended into chaos yeah, already. already. Um, Dylan, yes. potted synopsis. Yes. Go. So, uh, we've got quite a few events in this one. Mm-hmm. So Carrie is invited by her podcast mate Jackie to a party, which turns out to be a surprise wedding. Um, and Carrie's very busy this week because she's also going to Rock's They Mitzvah. Yeah, uh, which we love, of course. Where we get to meet the amazing rab- Rabbi Rabbi Jen, who... Rabbi Jen is played by Hari Ness. Yes, incredible, mm. incredible. Um, we love Rabbi Jen. Um, so yeah, so basically, Charlotte uh does this big they mitzvah for Rock, and things don't turn out as expected. Um, Che reveals to Miranda that they are moving to L.A. And Mar- <laughs> via the Beach Boys. <laughs> I mean, just ugh, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, Carrie is deciding. It, it's kind of it's all about like closure for Carrie, isn't it? Really, she's mm-hmm. deciding where to lay big to rest. Um, mm-hmm. And what else? I mean, that's kind of the crux of it, really, isn't it? Um, that is the crux yeah. of it, yeah. Blink, blink, and you will miss Karen Pittman this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why I really, really hope this isn't the last episode we ever have, because mm. otherwise, a lot feels, a lot feels a little unresolved. The new characters feel somewhat underdeveloped. I think they but, were. Um, I think they were fully expecting a second season because they very much. I thought they did quite a good job at like wrapping things up, but also keeping things open ended. It's not like Miranda was yeah. like Miranda wasn't moving to LA. She was going to LA like for a few months, presumably mm. to be back just in time for season two if she needs to be. It feels, it feels to me like there's another series in it. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, if that was to be the last episode, you know, we're not going to lose any sleep, really wondering what happens to any of them except Miranda, I guess, although we'll come to Miranda mm. shortly. But um, I feel there's, there's more room to tell. And actually, I think particularly with, with Miranda's story, but also now that we have definitively dealt with Big, and, and obviously this, this episode takes place a year, a year after Big died, mm-hmm. um, we, can, we can start again. We, we, can see Carrie, we can see Carrie having adventures in the city the way she used to back in the olden days, but as a 50-something woman with her amazing new friend Seema and her old friends as well, and and everything could be really, really sick. Um, I was not mad at the Carrie stuff this week. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't possibly see where Chris Nurth was meant to have appeared. I'm guessing he, we would have actually, it was probably literally like one frame. 
like him yeah. turning around on the bridge in Paris and saying goodbye to her or something. It was the dream. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I just. So we actually heard Chris Noah's Oh, I see voice. what you. Yeah, I actually, see what you mean. We, yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We did. It was none too subtle, but I can see exactly where Chris Nurth was due to appear yeah. before yeah, yeah. multiple women accused him of rape. Um, and I actually, I didn't mind the the haunted lamp. Yeah. Um, I thought it was so ridiculous. And very, very interesting to me that Miranda and Carrie had a total plot swap. Because if you remember once upon a time, Miranda thought her flat was haunted. Miranda believed in ghosts, yeah. And Miranda believes in ghosts. Um, and yet this week, she does not believe. And strangely, is very angry about the idea of Carrie believing in heaven. Yes. And, <laughs> like, and at like, like, wow. Yeah, and at like religion in general. She's, she's like, I thought we I thought we were on the same page. Like, fucking hell. Like, calm down, Miranda. <laughs> like your friend's husband has died. Yeah, that's just one conversation. I just can't. After twenty five years of Sex in the City, I can't get into that. <laughs> I just, I just can't. Because <laughs> um, it just feels like a conversation they would have had years and years and years yeah. and years and years ago. Yeah. Kind of like, but um, yeah, it felt brutal of Miranda to kind of suggest there's no such thing as heaven to. A grieving widow. Yeah. Um, because. But I am. Um, this all comes from the nurse. No. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't um, have an issue with Carrie like believing in the because she would. She's like romantic and she's she would kind of believe in that and she would be affected by it. I think um, the lamp. The the idea as well. I just think again. <laughs> sorry to not talk about Sex and City for a minute, but um, I think. You know, as I get older, I become less certain about everything mm. because people who are certain of things are rigid and small-minded. Yeah. Whereas I am not so foolish to believe that I know everything about the universe yeah. and its infinite mysteries. And I suspect Carrie Bradshaw would have a similar state of mind, which is just because I can't see it and just because I haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't exist totally and do i believe in organized religion no but do i believe <laughs> to use charlotte's words do i believe in a bit of woo woo yeah <laughs> witchy woo sure why not witchy woo bit witchy woo yeah oh i forgot to say as well with the witch with fat witch the fat witch brownies further confirmation mm -hmm. that carrie is a witch we've had these signposts throughout listeners who mm -hmm. are new to us friend just like that won't know about this but there have been various signposts throughout the Carrie Bradshaw is the Ouija board yeah um mm -hmm. you know who I believe the Ouija board fat witch fat witch I believe in the podcast producer Franklin that's who I believe in mm. <laughs> we called that one weeks ago yes. I would like to say we in about episode fucking two we we call that one yes um because we we tried to sort of match him up with the guy we knew she kissed which was poor poor peter oh yeah Peter's but there, um yeah. in in the in the big long read i've read michael patrick king nuts that one of his editors said really early on oh my god he's hot you know is carrie <laughs> going to end up with him and so actually they downplayed him because they didn't want it to be obvious yeah. that she was gonna pash franklin yeah um However, now that however denotes a change in Juno's benevolence. <laughs> um, there's an issue here. Mm. 
Tell me something about Franklin, Dylan. Um, he's got grey hair. <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. I see your anything else. I see your point. Yeah, nothing else at all. Um, this is an issue with the men in and just like that. Now here is a statement I didn't think I was ever going to say, <laughs> but we. Are, and I have always been very quick off the mark to criticise thinly drawn female characters, wives and girlfriends. Who are just who, there. Who are just there to bounce questions off the male lead. Yeah. Or often be like the harbinger figures yeah. who stay at home and say, don't do this because something bad will happen. Nagging. You know, often to be the moral core of a show, like the mother figure, the wife figure, the girlfriend figure. Oh. And that's bad. It's bad writing and it's a total failure on the part of a writer to give the female characters depth. But this is something that I'm just like that is un undoubtedly guilty of Mm -hmm. which is worryingly undeveloped male characters yeah and if this is a point if this is some sort of i don't know like thesis on like a gender flip on kind of what happens when you're left with the, the 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 husband and boyfriend character then all it's done is it's i i don't quite know what they were trying to prove because we've ended up with you know, we've talked extensively about Steve, who isn't even in this episode. Yeah. I guess that's dealt with. What the fuck? Where the fuck was Steve this week? Yeah. Um, Brady, Brady got a line <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess will come to Miranda later. But, you know, while we're, while we're with Franklin, who, don't get me wrong, is stone cold silver fox. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he could pod my cast, um, <laughs> but what? 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 Why is Carrie kissing him? Does he smell good? He offered her a job. Um, we haven't had enough. Like, he... although maybe it is supposed to be her being suddenly <laughs> spontaneous, but we haven't even had so much as a exchange, meaningful exchange of eyes between them before this happened. Um, so, no. yeah. It was a strange choice right at the end. Um, I was... I just... I I don't... Oh. And so cruel. I I can't fathom it. So cruel with um, the Samantha thing as well. I... It made me think Mm. she was going to turn up. Like, even though we discussed it before, I was like, she's going to turn up. She's going to turn up at the end. But no. Mm. Um, But yeah, the male characters... No, that was... I remember in... I'm trying to think back to Sex in the City... The male characters were, I felt like I knew them. They were developed, I think. Like, Big had his... Well, let's look at... So, a really good example is David Duchovny's mm. one-off. So, David Duchovny appears in one season six episode, which we'll, we will obviously get to in due course. It's one of my favourite episodes, because it's also the one with Jerry Halliwell in it. Yeah. Um, but in that one 35-minute episode, David Duchovny... We established they were high school sweethearts. Um, his gear sticks stuck in her ass when they made out. Yeah. You know, so many little flavors. We got such sense. He talks about his mental health. Obviously, he's in a facility because he's had a nervous breakdown. Within within that space, so given that um Franklin has been on the scene for ten weeks, that we're, we're led to understand because she was obviously doing the podcast in episode one. 
why do we know so little about him? Why do we know so little about Peter? Mm. So he's not just a teacher now, Dylan, but he was actually Teacher of the Year 2018. New York State um, Teacher of the Year. <laughs> as if she wouldn't have told him she was a best-selling author. What the fuck did they talk about on those dates? <laughs> yeah. So, like, so they've they've had at least three dates, and the fact she's a author hasn't come up. Also, this is wild. I've Literally, just... I make people read my memoir before I will even meet them. I was, I've just um, they, you make them read your entire back catalogue. Um, That's right, or every book. And it's only when they can prove they've read all books I will agree to meet them in real life. I've just realised a plot hole. He bid on her at the auction. And wasn't she introduced mm-hmm. as an author at the auction? Yes, she was, Dylan. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's a mess. Mm. Yeah. So it's tricky. So while while on one hand I'm delighted that Carrie has found passion, mm. um, and I can, I can see their dilemma, which is they didn't want to signpost it too obviously, but Christ, I mean... I feel like it wasn't enough of a twist to merit that, though. Like, fair enough if you're going to have a big, huge, sensational twist. But Carrie, like, snogging her podcast producer is hardly, like, a sort of headline-making twist, is it? Um, no. So, yeah. I don't I don't understand what was going on there. Oh, well. I mean, let, let's circle back to Samantha while we're with Carrie. Mm. Um, I'd... I'd so midway through this season, I was getting quite excited that Samantha might pop out. But obviously we've not heard from her for a few weeks. And so I think the the hope within my heart died. And then actually ahead of the episode this week, I noticed Michael Patrick King got in ahead of it and said, there is no way Kim Charles coming back. We didn't even ask her to come back. Oh, interesting. So, um, so um, it, was, it was never even, it was never up. Interesting, but I feel like I feel like ending on that note though is so. Just to recap, when Carrie's in Paris, she says to she texts Samantha and says, "Should we meet for a cocktail?" Um, and Samantha, what does Samantha? She says yes, doesn't she? Um, and she says, "Is tomorrow good for you?" And Carrie says, "Fabulous." fabulous. All caps. Yeah, and I feel like that is the show's like the show reaching out to Kim Cattrall and being like, please, 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 please come back, come come in for season two. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Kim Cattrall is not even watching. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's never going to happen. I think... Oh, it's a cheat, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I mean, and really that, that's always... Kim Cattrall's lack of involvement is, is going to underpin... All of this. Yeah. Um, but at least going forward, I suspect she'll never be mentioned ever again. Yeah. Um, or possibly just briefly in passing, like, oh, did you hear Samantha bought a giraffe or something? Um, <laughs> because Seema C- Seema will more organically fill that space, I think, that she has left. Yes. So, um, and she definitely... So I think we wouldn't need her so much. Like, particularly in this episode, she was really, like, filling that void, wasn't she? Um, even mm-hmm. giving the same sort of advice to Carrie that Samantha would, um, while of course having her neck kissed while she was on the phone. I loved, adored that scene so much. Um, mm-hmm. there will be no Samantha for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think obviously St- Stanford hasn't been mentioned since, so... Mm. Oh, it's a mess. But actually, there's another, un- sorry, while I'm ranting, another slightly underdeveloped male character, even Anthony... Yeah. 
He's kind of a caricature, isn't he? Stanford hasn't been mentioned. You know, his husband of nearly 10 years hasn't been mentioned since. And obviously that's, you know, Garson died, but Stanford is alive. Mm. And, you know, kind of, I, th- I think it- it's really interesting. Yes, we did have an all-female writer's room with the exception of Michael Patrick King. And I can see why, you know, there was a real concerted attempt to forge this new feminist conversation, which Sex and City always did in its own way. Mm. But I don't understand why all of a sudden any characterization on the part of their male co-stars was so weak, so weak. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I guess we wait and see what happens. But this week, Harry doesn't have anything to do. Steve wasn't in it. Anthony delivers some bread. Andre's not in it. Andre has gone on the road. LTW's husband has gone. Um, yeah. Peter will never be heard of ever again. So th- there is an issue here because it feels, um, again, it's this is a, it's a really difficult thing, and I don't want to say this, but but we we've, we've said it I think before, which is they brought in a bunch of new characters: Seema, Nia, Naya, um, LTW, and Che. None of them, to say they've been in our lives now for 10 weeks, we don't know an awful lot about any of them. Yeah. And also the male characters have suffered. So it just, it just feels, it feels like there was, there was a misstep somewhere along the Mm. way, I think. And the thing is as well, you know, if, if truly, if LTW and Naya and Che and Seema were brought in to diversify the cast, that great big poster I've seen all around London is still of the three white women. I thought that actually so as well. Yeah. Didn't even fucking put them on the poster. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so who who can say, hopefully season two, which I am convinced will come around, we will continue to get to know those characters in a bit more depth. Yeah. Um, I hope Sarah Ramirez, wherever they are, is okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like a lot, a lot of the conversation has been around Che. And I wonder if I was Sarah Ramirez, if I would want another go round. So I do wonder if Miranda might leave Che in LA. But let's talk about that after a short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back. We've been watching the season finale of And Just Like That, um, which saw lots of people say goodbye. Carrie saying goodbye to Mr. Big yeah. into the sun. Yes. From her frankly hideous Eiffel Tower purse. What did you um, think of the dress? Bonkers. I loved it. <laughs> Carrie, Brad- Carrie Bradshaw, you do you. Yeah. If you want to wear a massive orange ball gown. <laughs> On the bridge, on the pond. Just pont. scatter your husband's ashes. On the pond, what's it called? The pond, something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, like that wide shot of her kind of regally, regally sweeping her way across the bridge um, was great, I thought. And they flew her to Paris for that as well, in the middle of a pandemic. I was going to say, I was... They threw... I was thinking, like, they kind of didn't need to. <laughs> like, because we, no! we barely saw any of Paris or any Parisian people. We It was literally, surely they could have just recreated that bridge and stuck a green screen behind it. But no, we're going to Paris. Um, King's Landing didn't exist, Dylan. Yeah, well, if they can build, if HBO can build King's Landing, they could have built a bridge in Paris. Um, a nice stylistic, um, quickly just... On Carrie, and then we'll and then we'll get away from Carrie. A nice uh-huh. stylistic thing that I've noticed is, and it, it really tugs at the heartstrings, is whenever she's thinking about Big, that piano theme comes in. That I think it's from the first movie, is it? Um, but it's always it, I like it when I think it might have been in the season finale as well. Oh, okay. I think it might have popped up in season six, in season, yeah. possibly. We'll find out when we come back to season six. But it's quite it's impactful when um shows and movies use those use use that. Yeah. And I uh, I appreciated it. Um Thanks. Miranda. <laughs> so let's let's recap. So Miranda goes to meet Che's grandmother. That horrible but that bar was disgusting. And at a disgusting bar where Che inexplicably reveals they have landed a pilot series yeah. through the medium of song. Yes. Now, Che does admit they are a terrible narcissist. Does knowing you're a terrible narcissist make it okay, Dylan? Disgusting. No, if anything, I think it... Well, this is the thing. <laughs> it's, it beca- it's because identifying as a narcissist even that is quite narcissistic like oh i'm a narcissist (laughs) like i'm so like arrogant and famous and i'm a narcissist um so yeah i mean it's all just part of the tapestry isn't it (laughs) the rich tapestry of Of narcissism um yeah i mean (sighs) i quite like like so I've had my issues with the Miranda plotline, as we are well aware. Yeah. But I quite like that there is no resolution to the chaos in Miranda's life. Yes. If anything, the chaos, the chaos is ongoing because, to my mind, Miranda dropping her life to follow her partner across America, mm. um, to, in Carrie's words, sit in an audience and laugh. Brutal. <laughs> um, savage, Carrie. Um, 
is is mad. You know, it's a madness. I would if one of my friends suggested doing that, I would say, "Don't give up your day job. This is madness." So, but I quite like that. The unlike the alcoholism, there isn't a quick fix. Yeah. Um. You know that Miranda has given given herself over to the carnage, and it it's ongoing. And if if this is the last episode of And Just Like That. I quite like that it's not resolved. Yeah. When we last saw Miranda, her life was falling to pieces. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And she's still, she's really, I mean, she was always perhaps the most interesting and layered character. Is that fair? Maybe. Um, uh, and, and still is. Yeah. And still is. And I saw a lot of, a lot of Miranda coming out in this episode. Um, like her kind of, frustration at the others at the other two being um like yes her reaction i think was definitely too strong um when carrie and charlotte were talking about the afterlife but that frustration and that insistence on logic was very miranda um and we saw we even saw the red hair again at the end the miranda red hair the red hair the wig has changed yeah Yeah. (laughs) yet another Um, wig Uh, it's funny you know we haven't talked a lot about miranda's wigs (laughs) I, I don't know. We we know what her real hair is like because you can see it on her Instagram. Yeah. Why they chose a wig that's very similar to her real hair, <laughs> but a bit longer. I, I'm not entirely sure other than I guess it's quite big, big, healthy looking hair. I don't know if, I, I, I don't know. Mm. Um, the wigs were not good. I'm not seeing a lot of bad wigs coming from American television mm. at the moment. I don't know if you've watched Dope Sick. No, on Disney Plus. But I've heard of it, of course. A, an amazing TV show ruined by bad wigs. Mm. Just every woman in that show. And some of the men. One of the man, men is in a really bad bald wig. What's going on? <laughs> um, so yeah, they've, they've swapped they've swapped Miranda's wigs over. She's back to the Sex and the City 2 wig. Maybe Drag Race has literally used up every single wig in America and there are none left. <laughs> okay. all, all the lace fronts are gone. Rue's got um, all those lace fronts, yeah. <laughs> So um, the red hair is a red flag, perhaps. I don't know. But um, she's back to being a fiery redhead. Um, yeah. Mm. I thought the bathroom scene with Carrie and Ronda was interesting because, fact fans, clearly it was the mirror of the season six conversation where Miranda very angrily tells Carrie, you're living in a fantasy, <laughs> yeah. before she runs off to Paris <laughs> following her artist partner, in this case, Alessandra Petrovsky. Yeah. And so I love that 20 years later, that plot line is mirrored. And this time it's not Carrie chasing love. It's Miranda chasing love. And I think that's really, really interesting that now, finally, after 50 odd years, Miranda is completely submitting herself to, as Carrie Bradshaw once said, crazy, inconvenient love. Yes. Um, is, is it a midlife crisis or is love inconvenient? You know, has she finally found someone that she perceives is worth? And she also... I don't want to say throwing your life away, but uprooting yourself. She also you know. utters a very sort of Gen Z phrase to um to Naya as well when she's having the conversation with Naya about it. She says, why can't I choose love over an internship? <laughs> Which I enjoyed. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> um, another thing I loved about that bathroom scene 
is it respected the age-old, and I'm sure this was a Michael Patrick King writing moment, the age-old Sex in the City tradition that we've seen in a few episodes and the first movie, which is a woman coming out of the cubicle to join in on their conversation and offer sage advice. <laughs> in this case, Jen the Rabbi, who was grappling with the hand dryer, and it was just hilarious, and I just enjoyed it so much. Harry Nath, I love you. I did, it was interesting. Harry Nath, who for a period didn't want to play trans characters anymore, so... Uh-huh. But I'll say about that, I guess... The HBO page. Interesting. So I'm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Own, <laughs> I'm gonna own up to the fact that I did not realise it was Harry Neff, and I was trying to find. She she's not credited anywhere, um, and I couldn't find her like on the IMDb page or anything, so I didn't know who the actress was. Um, but yeah. She was on the end credits. Oh, uh, was she? Oh. Yeah. Oh. So it was. It was interesting because obviously Harry Neff. Well known to trans people yeah. was a model and an artist, yes. and then sort of parlayed into acting. She's in a very good film called Assassination Nation, which was the first feature by the guy who does Euphoria. So if you like Euphoria, check out Assassination Nation. It's basically Euphoria the movie. Um, and yeah, and and a few years ago, Hari said that she kind of wasn't particularly interested in playing trans characters anymore. But in my mind, that's up to her, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, it's really cool for me to... And Owen oh, Harnoff was in season two of Transparent as well. Um, you know, it's really, really cool to see trans characters played by trans actors, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I think I would always much, much rather see... Which is something... Again, God, this is so off track. But, you know, that's something that has slightly bugged me about the L Word Generation Q, which is you have Jamie Clayton, a trans actress playing a cis, a cis character called Tess. Mm. And I'm kind of like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, trans women are women yeah. and trans women should be able to play any kind of women. But there are so few good representations of trans people on screen that it's kind of a bummer that even trans actors aren't prepared to kind of tell <laughs> trans stories. Right, I see what you mean. So I'm yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like... Mm. Are we saying there's something not as good about being trans? That, you know, it's more aspirational to be cis? Ooh, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's... So, I'd, um, never, uh, I'd never looked at it that way. Interesting. I mean, the, the the goal of my life is not to pass as a cis woman. Mm. You know, once upon a time it was. Mm. But, you know, now I'm just kind of like... I'm going to be trans when I die. You know, I was trans when I was born. <laughs> I'm going to be trans when I die. There's, there's, there is no surgery I can have that is going to remove my history. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be there. And so, cool. You know, and that's why if I was going to do more acting work, I would want to play a trans character, even if it didn't really have a lot to do with anything, you know, and that's one of the things I really liked about um, Jen, the trans rabbi, which was first and foremost, they were there to be a rabbi. Yeah. Um, and actually the plot had nothing to do with the fact that either Hari or Jen is trans, although you can see why Rock might have requested a trans rabbi. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was cool that Jen was just there to be the rabbi and offer sage life advice to <laughs> to her elders, which is, which is because normally, you normally it's the other way around, isn't it? Elders are doling out advice. So it was good to see... Rabbi Jen yeah. offer Carrie and Miranda some friendship advice as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it Charlotte said? The trans rabbi is in. <laughs> <laughs> the tra- oh, love. I, I must admit, I will say this, the rock storyline, ooh, that could have gone wrong. Yeah. Actually, I'm 
I thought it was. I'm, I'm not filling in my complaint form. I thought no, it okay. was. Um, I thought it was nice. What did they say? They said I'm only thirteen. Can't I just be me? Um, yeah. And I'm a big fan of not being in any any box. I I think we've we've had this conversation recapping Sex in the City before. Um, uh-huh. A few seasons ago, I think we were talking about sexuality and. Um, yeah, I mean, in my ideal world, no one would have to identify as anything. But I also completely understand that it's very important for some people to identify as something so they find solidarity um, in that identification. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great, a great little, a great little, not exactly resolution to the storyline, but a, a great sort of kind of acknowledging of 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 identity, really, or lack of, I think. And that's why in my books, I'm always very, very mindful of finishing off the characters too much, especially my YA novels where the characters are 16 or 17 years old. Mm. You know, kind of like, I don't have all my ducks in a row aged 40. So I don't know why we (laughs) would expect a 13-year-old rock to have all their shit together. It feels unfair to... And actually, that's something that really stresses me out about the conversation around trans kids. You know, which is why do we expect trans kids to have their shit together? No other, no other kid has their shit together. Mm. But if this kid is saying that right now they want to be called rock, and right now they want to cut their hair off, or right now they want to paint their bedroom, just fucking do it. Yeah. You know, you know there, there is again. I know all our listeners will know this, but trans kids do not have surgeries. Trans kids are not doing anything irreversible. So why not just? Just fucking roll with it. Give them time. Give them room. And what's really, really nice at the end of this episode is that Charlotte and Harry give Rock room to just figure it out. And, you know, maybe Rock will transition. Maybe they won't. But either way, they are supported, which is what it's about. kind of. Yeah, and it was really cute. And what I really appreciated about it as well was how they stayed very true to Charlotte's character. She dealt with something she didn't understand by being Charlotte and, like, organizing and overcompensating mm-hmm. and ordering like baskets of well not actual baskets of muffins but like you know what i mean like the sweet counter mm-hmm. it was all very charlotte like making trying to make an effort but it kind of like wasn't exactly the right thing to do um and yeah i thought that was a really like accurate and on on the mark portrayal of charlotte and what charlotte would do I like I like the bar mitzvah. Yeah, I thought the they the mitzvah. David, the David. Um, I thought I thought it was lovely all round. Yeah. I love the sweetie counter. Mm. Hurrah, LTW turning up. Um, yeah, yeah, it was nice. All all is well that ends well for Charlotte and Harry. I like. Do you know what? I'm, I'm weirdly protective of Charlotte and Harry as a couple. Mm. Like kill big, do Steve wrong, but if you fuck up Harry Goldenblatt, I am coming for this series because. I, I always loved him. Yeah. He was such an underdog right at the beginning, kind of. What do we think of Anthony's joke? I don't know if they're Jewish, but they're all cut. Has he been sexually molesting his employees? I mean... Is what that line said to me. <laughs> how, mean... does he, how does he know? Yeah. Kind of... I don't know about um, that one. <laughs> lots of people shagging everyone's bosses on telly at the moment. What is happening? Why is everyone sleeping with their bosses? <laughs> um, madness... Stop. Um, it's always going to be a power imbalance. Um, mm, a recipe for, um, uh, yeah, not not great. Mm. Um, Emily in Paris is full of people sleeping with their staff as well. Stop. Just stop it. <laughs> um, it's a bad idea. Um, I mean, th- this is a very 
ill-advised move for Carrie. Frankly, she's just been commissioned. I love that the podcast is called Sex in the City. Yes. Oh, oh. Um, Imagine it. Yeah, she is now. She's now sleeping with her producer. I would never sleep with my producer <laughs> because Martin is gay. Um, so, but um. <laughs> But no, you must never shit where you eat. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. I was thinking, imagine. loud. I was thinking we would have entered the Matrix if he had said, um, like, revealed the podcast's name. And it was, so I got to thinking. (laughs) I would, no, no. (laughs) Get off, get off our title. Enter the multiverse. Um, I mean, there is a parallel. Well, you know, so I got to thinking was in the mix when they were coming up with a new title. Oh, I bet, yeah. So we dodged a bullet. Because we're in a parallel world. We could have called this podcast and just like that. Yeah, and then we would have been, that would have been problematic. Well, it might have been good so for us. They'd have probably our... tried to buy. They'd have probably tried to buy our Instagram office. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that'd be interesting. My fr- my fr- <laughs> big shout out to my friend Finlay. Hi, Finlay. He's at Finlay on Instagram, and once a day he is offered huge sums of money to sell his to sell his Instagram handle to like young influencers called Finlay. <laughs> um, so yeah, but he's turned them down. Now, you hold strong, Finlay. Don't sell out. Um, <laughs> don't sell out. You are at Finlay. <laughs> And so I think that brings us to the end of our yeah strange sojourn into and just like that. Um, I feel strange. I feel, I feel older. <laughs> I feel older. <laughs> I feel I've aged. It's aged me. <laughs> I feel slightly more right wing than I was before I started. <laughs> I was radicalized by interest. Oh like my that. god. No, not really, not really. Um I I yeah, it's what a what a unique show. We can certainly say that about it. I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen anything unique. Oh burn. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Honestly. <laughs> um Okay, I think if this is a show about Boomers uh. or Gen X, I guess. Let's call them Gen X. Yeah. Because Boomers is impolite. Yeah. If this is a show about Gen X being lost and confused in the modern world, then it is a show that is lost and confused in the modern world. Mm, yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional. Um, you know, if if Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte are bewildered by Gen Z, then then maybe so are the writers. Maybe so is Michael Patrick King. Maybe this was a, sh- a show trying to have those conversations about as awkwardly mm. as a 50-something would have those conversations. Mm. But I will say this, at least they were trying to get it right. Yeah. Even if they've made mistakes. A, a lazier show would have done that birth sidesism. Yes. You know, which which has which really is at the root cause of a lot of issues that we're having in the UK. That if if there'd been a trans child in this show, there would have also been, you know, some fucking seemingly left-wing columnist flying in and saying, Oh, teenage girls are mutilating their bodies, yeah. you know. You know, do want someone to think of the children? You know, irreversible damages. Yeah. You know, kind of, and and it feels like Sex and the City hasn't done that. In that, what we saw instead was I'm just like that. Three women trying really hard to get it right, and sometimes getting it wrong, which 
I think it should be encouraged because actually I do believe that all of us, regardless of how old we are, should be able to have conversations about the world we're living in without having to descend into kind of crazy cancel culture nonsense and people being shut down for being problematic. Yeah. I quite like that Anthony was allowed to be problematic at times. Yes. I slightly wish some of the others had been allowed to be as problematic as Anthony was as well. Like we've said before, I think it was at at its best when it acknowledged um, people's... Uh, the difficulty that that they had understanding things like we said we enjoyed it when strangely enjoyed it when Steve misgendered Che moments like that I think really really were important and also not the most popular character but Che's character is really important I and my friends Mm -hmm. um, have used well we use the they pronoun a lot anyway but we're we're in like a queer friendship group in london but i'm sure people have been using the 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 they pronoun more times than any any time in their life talking about the character of che Mm -hmm. which is i fucking love che diaz (laughs) and i love che diaz because they're a disaster yeah right i i'm totally here for queer disasters (laughs) i love fucking jules in euphoria i love che diaz i love a clusterfucked queer on television. Shane in the L word. Because I would much rather... <laughs> Shane in the L word. I would much rather have that than the sort of the the transgender angel figures that we saw in, for example, Pose, which I loved. I've loved, 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 loved. But, you know, particularly, you know, um, MJ Rodriguez's character of Blanca is like an angel. Mm. An angel from heaven who comes down and rescues all the trans kids and then they live happily ever after. Mm. You know, kind of... Um, which never quite rang true. Um, whereas I like that Che is themselves and belligerently themselves. And if Miranda is choosing to fuck up her life, then that's on Miranda. Because it also feels like Che hasn't promised Miranda anything. Maybe we're in the age of the queer disaster character because there's Armand in um, White Lotus as well. Who's like, what I loved mm. about that character is in a way he's like every negative trope about a gay man. But I really enjoyed watching it. Like he's like pervy, mm-hmm. like a drug addict, like predatory. Um, but yeah, I was like so refreshed to see a gay man, like frankly, who wasn't just like a really cute, nice, sociable person. I was like, yeah, I'm loving this. Well, this is this is what we is broadly re- referred to as respectability politics, yeah. which is where in representations of queer people, we we allow. Or the gatekeepers, the straight white gatekeepers, allow a very sanitized version mm. of minority minority characters to appear. Yeah. You know, a certain kind of black character. And I think that is something we could look at with the old series of Sex and the City, where we did get black characters like Dr. Robert Leeds. Yeah. Or like the character of Charlie in Friends, Aisha Taylor's character in Friends. Yeah. These were black characters who were not allowed to talk about being black. Uh-huh. You know, they were not allowed to talk about race or racism or discrimination or prejudice. Uh-huh. It was in you know, it was enough that they were there, you know, and they were visible. And I think that's kind of slightly what we could accuse pose of doing which was it was really the first time we saw trans characters on television the showrunner was not trans Stephen Cannell and Ryan Murphy are not trans Mm. and so I think there was a degree of if we want to put trans people on television we want to do good 
We want to show the world how good and safe and friendly yes. trans people are. Which is true. Trans people are good and safe <laughs> and friendly. Hello, here I am doing the exact same thing in my career as well. But at the same time, the reality is, is that trans people are just as disastrous as cis people. <laughs> yeah. And and that's something I think that we've seen with Che. Yeah. Which is that they clearly have some shit to do, deal with, yeah. you know. Um it's been hinted at because actually I don't think the fact that Che is polyamorous is a sign of them being a disaster. I think they seem very comfortable with their polyamory. I think that's making them very, very happy. But there were other things as well. You know, this is a person who talks at great length about how much weed they do. Mm-hmm. This is someone who was an enabler. Yes. When Miranda was drinking too much, much. Was literally rocking up at someone's house with alcohol when they were you know, wanted Carrie to be drunk on their podcast. A, self, a self-professed narcissist. Um, a self-professed narcissist. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, t- tells Miranda to slide into their DMs rather than just giving her their number. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, in, in lots of ways, Che is disastrous that that I quite like. And um, and like I said, back when we had Sean on, you know, I think Che might be a fuck they. Mm. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think it might be okay. I, in fact, I, I slightly wish Che had been even more red flaggy because that would have just made them even more interesting. Mm. But I think yeah, what the real plot is, is that whatever Che is doing, Miranda wants to run away to the circus, mm. if that's the right thing to say. You know, she wants to go out there and live a kind of life she's never lived before. And I think that's exciting. The Juno in me was like, don't give up your internship. <laughs> but lest we forget, professional success did not bring Miranda happiness. True. It didn't. So she knows that possibly it's worth exploring the unknown with Che. And that's why, A, I hope we get a second series. I hope we we see this second life of Miranda Hobbs, which I think is quite exciting. I just really, really wish they we're not done with Steve. Mm. I, I can't bear the thought that Steve now is just going to his bar and hoping one day that Miranda gets Che out of oh, her system. That's and they go back to their dessert ritual. That's Isn't it? Just Steve doing his dessert ritual by himself. <laughs> um, Steve. Fucking dessert ritual. What's a dessert ritual? Oh, Steve. Got so many questions. So, Steve. we're back. Next week. We're back. For season we are. four. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners who joined us for And Just Like That, we love you. Um, but definitely come back to us because we also do... The, the whole reason we're here in the first place is because we do Sex in the City recap. If you have joined us for these new episodes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for joining us. I yeah. hope you stick with us as we return to season four. Um, and I really, from the bottom of my heart, hope that we get a second season of it just like that. <laughs> I really do. Thursday mornings are going to be a lot more boring <laughs> now. Yeah, I want the crazy train to come back, to come back into town. <laughs> come back around. Yeah. While the L train's been out of commission, the crazy train <laughs> was coming over from Brooklyn. Cool. And um, we'll see you next week. Yes. And we'll speak to you then. Until then. Bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.